the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny Bear. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. morning. Oh, good morning. It's a great day, isn't it? It is a great day, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you bet. Beautiful yes. out there, you know. So, uh, and, and it's a beautiful day because we have some special saints to be uh, remembering today and to perhaps to intercede for us today, including Saint yes. Maria Faustina Kowalski, and also a local saint, right? Uh, we have a local saint from New Orleans. Who would that be? That's right. That's Blessed, Fa- uh, Blessed Father Silos. And just say, awesome. if you're in the New Orleans area or around, there's always a healing mass close to Father Silos' feast day. We'll celebrate it here on the 12th, but um, you can go Sunday, October 9th at 1 p.m. to the National Shrine of Blessed Father, uh, Blessed Francis Xavier Silos at St. Mary's Assumption on Josephine Street for that healing mass. So check that out October 9th at 1 p.m. Yeah, I think we got a theme today of prayer. And uh, so there's a beautiful prayer by St. Faustina's from her diary, number 73. Let's start with that prayer to get our day started. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O Lord, though I cannot comprehend you and do not understand your ways, I nonetheless trust in your mercy. If it is your will, Lord, that I live always in such darkness, may you be blessed. I ask you only one thing, Jesus. Do not allow me to offend you in any way. O my Jesus, you alone know the longings and the sufferings of my heart, and I am glad that I can suffer for you, however little that may be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Faustina, pray, pray for, for us. Father, blessed Silos, pray, pray for, for us. us. Pray for us. Sister St. Faustina is one of my favorite saints. I actually got a book from her when I was a kid that I still have. Well, and now it's my son's, and I was obsessed with it. It's all about St. Faustina. So I love today's feast day and learning more about her. She is so important, and the Divine Mercy image uh, is one of my favorite images of all time. So looking forward to learning more about her and our saint of the day. Looking forward to Johnny Aber's Gospel Reflection. That'll be in about five minutes. Stay tuned for that. In 18 minutes, Lauren DeWitt joins us. She's a board member of the Problem Pregnancy Center, and her father, Dr. Terry Ellis, will also be with us. He is with Chrysalis Interventions. They're a father and daughter duo, but they also have a story about their conversion to the Catholic Church. So I'm looking forward to learning more and hearing more about their wonderful journey and their story. It's going to be a great interview. 
Dina Dow joins us in the Baton Rouge studio in 35 minutes. She's a director of evangelization and catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today she's going to be talking about adult faith formation and prayer, which is so important. We all have a role in this. So Dina is going to give us her tips and insights. And in 48 minutes, Michael O'Lynn joins us. He is a Catholic community radio underwriter and donor. And he's going to be talking about Catholic Man Night. He is also a presenting sponsor for Catholic Man Night. So, Alicia, it's going to be a great interview with That's Michael right. and learning more yeah. about this event. It will. Uh, a Lind Group One Solution is the presenting sponsor of Catholic Man Night. But it'll be fun to talk to Michael about uh, why he supports Catholic Radio. He's been so generous, such a wonderful uh, supporter of Catholic Radio. So it'll be a fun conversation with him. Well, it's also going to be a pretty fun weather day. Uh, it'll be much of the same that we We've had sunny skies and dry conditions. The temperatures are expected to warm a little into the low to mid-80s today. So kind of the same that we've had. It's 82 degrees in Baton Rouge. There's some patchy fog, so be careful when you're driving into work. Uh, New Orleans, 72. Luling, 67. It is five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 11. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Well, guys, you know, I think the first thing you hit you is that this passage from Luke is shorter, you know, than the one we read in uh, Matthew chapter 6, but it still has the essence of how to pray. And, and it's perhaps these three things, uh, praise, petition, and mercy. That's pretty much any prayer has those three things. It's a good prayer. Uh, so remember it this way, PPM or Peter Paul and Mary, <laughs> not the singing group, <laughs> the saints group. But uh, and you know the powerful part of it starts off with uh, the Our Father, which means even though we're praying in solitude, we're always connected to the entire church, both here on earth and in heaven. So let's start off, you know, with with this prayer. Uh, you may have heard that saying that everything is in the name. But that's actually an ancient religious truth in which the name captures everything about the person, their essence, in this case, the Father. So Jesus begins with Father or our Father because evoking that name means we embrace and accept everything of who he is. And in doing that, we become in awe of how much he loves us. And, and that is powerfully packed with that name, Father, the Father, translated that's Abba, Daddy, our, we are, and, and it tells us who we are. We are His beloved children. So we don't only, we're not only acknowledging His essence, we're acknowledging who we are. That's a great start right there. And so that, that, what that does is lead, lead you immediately should, into praise. So when we say, hallowed be that name, we are saying, uh, you alone are all holy. You are my creator. You are my lover. You're my redeemer. I'm in awe of this love. Thank you for being with me now, a sinner who needs you. So uh, it's a good start there. And, and maybe on a human analogy, you know, 
it had these you have these opening of love letters where you always start with my dearest love and then you go on and you give all kinds of beautiful uh compliments and high sugary uh, sayings to that person well, multiply that by billions, you know, you, uh, with this mm-hmm. opening right there. I mean, we could spend all our time in prayer just on these opening words of Our Father, hallowed be your, be your name. And many of our great saints do. They just come in rapture just with that relationship realization. But let's go on to the next part, petition. You know, this is a position of the mind and the will and the heart in which there's a total surrender to God just in this simple prayer. How so? Well, Jesus says, look, just straight up ask him to continue to give us not what we want, but what we need and in the right order. That's so important. And what does Jesus say we really need? The two most important things that we really need to be one with the Father, forgiveness, and that super substantial bread from heaven, the Eucharist. And of course, the fact it's our daily bread means to essentially say, what we're saying with this is, All I need, Father, today is to trust you today. Let tomorrow worry about itself. You've got it all in control. That's that's the state of mind there. And then we move on finally to this mercy, a recognition that we're in a battle in this life against powerful evil forces and that we ask our Father to arm us and protect us with everything we need to avoid anything that gets in the way of our relationship with him. But you know, especially with the feast day today, we're remembering saints today, this is so important. The very tone or position of the prayer is one of trust. The element of trust is underlies this entire prayer, if you think about it. We pray the Lord's Prayer because we trust not only does He hear us, we know He can and He will do what is best for us, mm-hmm. right? And, and here's how Jesus put it to St. Faustina, and she recorded this in her diary, entry 1578. I love this. He says, she said, the Lord said to her, the graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. And then, of course, we know that famous uh, uh, prayer of divine, so summed up in that, Jesus, I trust in you. That's, that's really the body, that's, that's the prayer. So praise, petition, and mercy. And we sum it up this way. The Lord's Prayer is not a formula, it's not an exercise, it's not a ritual. It's more like breathing. It's like spirit in life. It's an immersion into the reality that we are loved by the Father, that we need the Father, that we place all our trust in the Father one day at a time. So, when we say the words of this prayer, it's like saying hello to the Word of God that breathes in us. I'll say it again. When we say these these words, it's like saying hello to the Word of God that breathes in us. In us. And now it makes sense then why it's repetitive. Because the words may be the same, but we're not the same. Mm. Hopefully, we're not the same. Hopefully, we're further along with each hello, with new horizons, new possibilities, new hope in the Father until that one day when we will see Him face to face in heaven. So, short little prayer. But wow, the essence of prayer, the meaning of prayer is all there in there. And we have to remember, if we're having trouble with prayer, uh, dryness in prayer, it may be because we're trying too hard. The true master of prayer is the Holy Spirit. 
It's not our power. It's not like we're doing this, you know. Because the Holy Spirit is one who draws us into prayer, who intercedes for us in prayer, who teaches us how to pray. It's according to the Catechism. And so we just have to let him, the Holy Spirit, lead us where, where it wills and just uh, uh, and rely on that. And that, again, is trust. Anyway, guys, short, uh, short version of the uh, Lord's Prayer, but packed Pack. with power, right? You're right, Johnny. It's a great, yeah. it's a great reminder. You know, it, we're we're so blessed to have these rote prayers that we grew up with that we can always, when we're struggling in our prayer life, we can always grab on to the Jesus I trusted you or, or hold on mm-hmm. to the the uh, to the Our Father. But to really think about it as we pray it uh, is such a valuable part because, like you said, it is so rich, so packed. So thank you for that great reminder yeah. this morning. Yes. Well, it's quarter past the hour. you got to hang around. Father and daughter, true story coming up next. Lauren DeWitt and Dr. Terry Ellis going to talk about their conversion to the Catholic Church and more. We'll be right back. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 5th. Today we celebrate Faustina Kowalska. Born in what is now Poland in 1905, today's saint was employed as a housekeeper for a time before joining the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in 1925. Taking the name Faustina, she spent her days working as cook, gardener, and porter. The young sister developed a rich interior life, including revelations from Jesus, which she recorded in her diary. The God who revealed himself to Sister Faustina was not the strict judge so many had come to know, but a God of mercy and forgiveness. Two requests that the Lord made of Faustina were that she paint her vision of his merciful divinity emanating from his sacred heart, and that she ask for the creation of a feast of divine mercy. She wrote that Jesus said to her, I do not want to punish aching mankind, but I desire to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart. Forever linked to the divine mercy, Sister Faustina died of tuberculosis in 1938. Pope John Paul II canonized her in 2000 and established the second Sunday of Easter as the Sunday of Divine Mercy for the Universal Church. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 7.19 on this Wednesday, Wake Up. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. I want to jump right into this interview. We have a father-daughter duo with us right now. Lauren DeWitt is joining us over the phone. She's a board member of the Pregnancy Problem Center. We talked to her just a few weeks ago. And in the Baton Rouge studio with Alicia and Dina is Dr. Terry Ellis with Chrysalis Interventions. You probably remember his interview not too long ago. Uh, Good morning, Dr. Terry, for joining us joining us today and Lauren thanks for being with us on wake up good morning Gabby morning thank you so much for having us okay let's get right into it so today we're talking about your journey to the Catholic faith I love hearing about these because everyone is different so uh, I'm going to start with you Lauren uh, as a daughter and having your father with this interview which is so amazing uh, tell us a little bit about your story uh, to the to the Catholic faith 
Sure. So as you and your listeners probably know from Dad's last home on the show, um, I grew up Southern Baptist. Dad was a Southern Baptist minister. Um, so I grew up with a very um, sweet faith, a very, you know, it was just very natural. It was part of our family life. Um, and we grew up in the Deep South, in Deep South Alabama and Deep South Louisiana, which are both heavily Catholic areas. So I never grew up thinking anything different about the Catholic Church. Um, from my point of view, they were always just another branch of the Christian tree. But like many young people, um, as soon as I went to college and started living on my own, I um, fell away from the faith and stopped going to church altogether. And um, just very briefly was, you know, sort of agnostic in my thinking and atheist in my acting, although I would always have claimed to have been a Christian. Um, and I, you know, fell into some really bad habits and fell away, wasn't praying or doing anything like that. And I was making my life much harder by sin and the life of those around me in it. And I got to a point finally um, where I was in a very, very low place, very depressed, very, I had everything going on professionally that was going well. I was doing great in law school. I had job offers. I had, um, everything from a material standpoint that looked like success, but inside I was just at rock bottom. And that's actually when I found out I was pregnant outside of marriage. And that, um, that was a first moment that I had felt God's grace reach into my life in a long time. And that was the first time that I said a prayer in years and I just said, God, I need your help. And so I called my parents and they were wonderful. I was so worried they would be mad at me. Um, but they, it was such a prodigal son, prodigal daughter type Mm -hmm. scenario. They welcomed me home and I had this baby coming on the way. So I kind of had to get my life back together. So I started going to church because I wanted my my now daughter to have a more upbringing if she was going to be raised in a single household. I knew I would need as much support as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually found my way into the Catholic Church. Uh, the way that happened, that was in 2017. But I had so much um, stress and you know trauma from all the things that I had been doing, the way I'd been living my life. And so I was really struggling still with anxiety and depression. So I was looking for a way to meditate. And by the grace of God, that's when I remembered hearing about something called a rosary. And I had a a really good Catholic friend that I worked with. And and to be honest, I I thought the rosary was just something from medieval times. I did not know that Catholics still prayed it or that it was still relevant at all. Mm -hmm. But I called her up and I was like, have you ever heard of this thing called the rosary? And there was a long silence <laughs> on the phone, and she laughed. She was like, yeah, I've heard of the rosary. So she got me one. I was too afraid to go to the Catholic bookstore in town because I was afraid I, they would know I didn't belong there or something. So she got me a rosary, and I learned how to pray it. And that was what kicked off my whole conversion into and coming into the fullness of the Catholic Church. I got to know Mary. Mary led me um, into the church. She stayed with me while I had all these questions, and it finally got to a point in early 2017 where I, I told God, I was like, you know, to whom else would I go? You have the words of eternal life, and they're here wow. in the church. You found it. Wow. So that's how that's I ended amazing. up Catholic. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I love it. Johnny, I mean, that's 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 a story that I didn't want to end. I wanted to hear more. <laughs> 
No, and that, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and now, <laughs> and, and that that brings us to to uh, to Dr. Ellis. You know, and uh, yeah. you know, in terms of where were you at this point in time spiritually and yeah. uh, dealing with that? And your both your story. Yes, uh, when Lauren. Um, when Lauren was going through her difficulties, I was still a pastor at a Baptist church here in Baton Rouge, and uh, and and things were just you know pretty pretty typical, pretty normal in a lot of ways. Now uh, I did, uh, you know, after she came home, and um, and we, we it was difficult, and I began drinking, and uh, quickly became an alcoholic. And, of course, I've been on your program before and I've talked about those dark days. And it was just a really very desperate time when I, I never stopped believing in God by any stretch of the imagination. But he was, for me, at that time, a, a distant bonfire. I could see some light, but I could not feel any warmth at all. So I eventually uh, I got treatment for my alcoholism. I came back to the church. The church was very kind in supporting me. It was a wonderful ministry that they performed to me. And I stayed as pastor for another couple of years, but that's when I established Chrysalis Interventions. And that's really when I began seriously investigating the, the Catholic faith. Uh, I had, um, I, I went to seminary uh, back in the 80s and, uh, and got a doctorate in Greek and taught in seminary. And, uh, and I would tell my students, and I would tell my churches over the years, Lauren said we, were, uh, we lived in heavily Catholic areas, I would tell anybody that I talked to if the topic came up, I said, the Catholic Church is our mother. We were all Catholic for 1,500 years, so let's not forget mm-hmm. that. Wow. And so, uh, you know, you always, you know, I don't always agree with my mother, but I always love her and I always respect her. So I would always, you know, just encourage people to be very open and very appreciative of the, uh, of the Catholic faith. But for me, about five years ago, I began to go to Manresa, and, uh, and I did not realize until Lauren was talking that uh, Our Lady had such a central role in both of our conversions to the Catholic oh, faith. Wow. I remember standing in front of one of the beautiful statues there on the grounds and telling Mary, I'm, I'm not sure how appropriate this is. I don't know if... If I should be praying to you, I don't even have all this figured out, but I've just learned that you're a mother of all Christians, so I'll take that. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I love the idea of you. That's all I could really say at that time. I love the idea of you. And then another couple of years later, I decided to pray the rosary daily. And I made, I made that commitment to her there at Manresa. So I said, I'm going to pray the rosary daily. And I can, I can honestly say she prayed me into the Catholic Church. What, 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 at this wow. point, did you, did you know Lauren was praying the, the rosary yet, or is this? Oh yes, to- yes. No, okay. no, no, no. She, uh, her, her, her Catholic faith at that time was already, you know, well begun, and she was into the church, and so yes, it was very much. Uh, yeah, I was aware of that. Um, you know, but uh, our paths were parallel in a lot of ways, but I can't say that necessarily they were dependent on one another in any particular way. Mm-hmm. The only com- the, the, the real commonality, and there are some commonalities, the real commonality, though, is, is Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. She was so instrumental. Wow. And, uh, and then, you know, the Ignatian spirituality and my own reading mm-hmm. and, and my study of the fathers back in seminary and all of these kind of things uh, developed my, my love for the Catholic Church. And it just became very evident, this is what I need to do. 
Wow. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. And so, and it, the common theme I see here is that Lauren and Dr. Ellis, what you now do in your professional careers, you can tie the faith into that as well. Faith, hope, uh, you know, togetherness with our Lord as well. Lauren, there's so many things about your story that I think resonate with so many listeners. When you're kind of in rock bottom or you kind of feel alone, uh, you can turn to our lady and Dr. Ellis the same way. Uh, but we have a couple of minutes, Lauren. I want to give our listeners ways that they can reach out to you. And maybe if they want to talk to you and learn more about uh, the faith and the Problem Pregnancy Center, where can they go? Absolutely. So I have a blog online. It is www.thecontemplativehomemaker.com. And I also have a presence on Instagram at The Contemplative Homemaker where people can message me directly. They can hear more about my own story. Um, I share some writing on there, and I love, love, love connecting with people through there and hearing how God's working in their lives. And then if anyone, of course, is um, dealing with a crisis pregnancy or knows someone who needs help, they can go to PregnancyProblemCenterBR.com, and that's where um, the, the organization that I'm on the board of, and we strive to help women in crisis pregnancies. Wow. My goodness. Thank you so much for all you do. And, and Dr. Terry Ellis, Chrysalis Interventionist, you, you work interventions, you work with families. Such an important job, a, a brave job, I have to say. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you and hear more about your story? Honestly, we could talk about this for uh, a whole show. <laughs> yes, uh, it's quite a quite an issue out there right now. No, people can go to my website, uh, chrysalisinterventions.com and learn about the kind of ministry that I have and the way we can help people. And I, I, I speak anywhere. We're two or three together. I'll talk about the problem of addiction and the hope of recovery. And you have a book, too, Dr. Ellis. Right? I do. I do. I actually have it for Gabby. I didn't realize you were in Bay St. Louis. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's called Reasonably Happy. It, it's, a, it's a book about the serenity prayer, the long version okay. of the serenity prayer. And I, I published it about a year ago. Wonderful. I think so many people can uh, take your guidance and advice on this too, especially uh, tying in the faith. Thank you so much, Lauren and Dr. Terry, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Okay, Dina Dow with the Diocese of Baton Rouge joins Alicia when we return from the break. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour. Good to be with you this morning on October the fifth. A beautiful fall morning coming our way. It's been a great show so far. What a powerful testimony earlier. Mm-hmm. When I pick up right there with uh, Dina Dow, who's the director of evangelization and catechesis with the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and we're going to talk about uh, to follow up adult faith <laughs> formation and prayer. Good morning, Dina. Good, Good to morning. have you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. Yeah, after that last interview, I really basically have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does, ca- it does capture exactly yes. what you talk about this family, you know, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I was even thinking, you know, uh, about the fact that we're in the middle of, uh, RCIA right now. And what I found so powerful about it is, um, 
the, every, every, you hear this everywhere, is that a lot of people coming to RSA are already Catholics who want more adult formation, yeah. <laughs> and they need help in their prayer. And then we have this example of a father-daughter who followed that path as well. So, so let's talk about it. What's, what's, what's important then about adult faith formation in prayer? Yeah, I guess the question is what's not important, because everything is important about adult faith right. formation. So the shorter answer is what's not important. Gosh, you know, I think when I was listening to Dr. Terry and um, and Lauren, whom I've met before, um, and I actually met Dr. Terry when he was the pastor at a local Baptist church um, through Interfaith Federation. So I was always impressed by him and his openness um, to all people. So hearing him talk about grace and um, and the movement, you know, the Lord is always pursuing us, always pursuing us and our path, wherever we are. We could be cradle Catholics. Um, we could be, you know, be people of other faith uh, denominations, even non-Christians. The Lord is always pursuing us. And what I heard in his voice was this openness to God's will. In your life, wherever you are, you can be in the darkest days, you can be in the happiest days of your lives. And so the opportunity to have the openness opens our head and our hearts up to receive the wisdom and the knowledge to gain a deeper understanding of where our Lord is leading us and why we believe what we believe, which is kind of how I got into adult faith formation. I'm mean, as cradle Catholic, but I needed foundations. I believed everything that everybody was saying. I'm like, yeah, I believe what the sisters were teaching us, but I didn't have their foundations when I was challenged as an adult. So I just went to seek like, okay, where does this come from? And why do I believe what I believe? Which led me to a deep deeper pursuit of the sacramental life, you know, partaking in mass and the importance of mass, which then and the third pillar of the catechism is exactly what we were talking about in the gospel today, which is the entire our father. I'm sorry, the fourth pillar is the entire our father. You know, so that's the fourth pillar of the catechism. And in between is that moral life, you know, living a life of Christ. And so for us as, as Catholic Christians, it's our commission to go and make disciples, to baptize and to teach. And so that's kind of our marching orders from the Lord, right? Right as his ascension. He's like the last thing he said, okay, go make disciples, baptize, teach, I've commanded you and know that I'm with you. So the importance of it is rooted in the command from our Lord Jesus to go and teach. So the more that we know and come to know our Lord, Lord, through prayer and through relationship, the more we want to know about Him. We want mm. to know about God. We want to know and receive our faith in such a way that as the apostles, we can go out and make disciples. So you can't make disciples without being a disciple yourself. And a disciple is one that sits at the foot of the teacher and learns all that they can to go out and, and help all people come to know Jesus Christ. You know that, yeah, and, and that thing at the foot uh, that... Um, I think Lauren and and and, her, and, uh, and Dr. Ellis both reflected even at the bottom of yeah. where they were. They that that uh, those words from the cross, "I thirst." They had a thirst. Yeah. They 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 had a foundation and, and and an example to follow her with her father and him with his all his teaching. But they recognized that they still thirsted and yeah. needed to know more. Yeah. And that uh, really is the essence of of uh, adult formation, right? And that's because we realize there's so much more uh, to the faith that that we need, not just we yes. want to know, but we yeah. need, right? In these ever changing times, too, to be able to articulate and respond to people in such a way that they can understand and see things through the lens of faith. Like, so how can I, when I'm hearing things on the radio or the television or in conversations, what is my faith telling me? What is Jesus Christ telling me and how to respond to that? And sometimes we get in situations where it's difficult to understand what to say. 
you know, so that opportunity for a holy pause to recall and have the lens of faith on all day long. What would Jesus say in this situation? How would I respond to this person? How can I love them more deeply to help them encounter Jesus through this moment? And it is during great times of suffering that there is such opportunity where the Lord's like, I am so right here next to you. I am so ready to pull you up. You know, just just let me, let me, you know. And so right. the opportunity to be able to know that, to know that the Lord never abandons us in any time, day or night. And, you know, through baptism, we always carry the light of Christ with us. Always. So even in our dark times, the light of Christ is still shining, although our back may be turned to it, to him. But there's always a shadow. Like we can mm. see, we can see in the shadows that there is a light and for us to be able to turn around. So adult faith formation um, is, you know, you can liken it to any profession, right? If you want to look at it in that way, if you're a doctor or you're a nurse or you're a teacher or whatever profession, you're always gaining more insight into how you can have a better business or a better way of doing things. Or you have to have certifications and all this stuff to be certified to be a nurse. You know, well, similarly in our spiritual lives, which is pointing us to eternity, you know, why not? Why not dive deeper into the faith and come and just like peel back the onions of what the Lord has handed on to us so that when we indeed enter into eternal life and we see the face of Jesus, that we can recognize him. Mm, We'll be able to recognize him. You know, I think uh, we get frustrated sometimes with what's going on in our families and our community and our culture. And, and sometimes, I don't know, I'll be honest, people say, well, just pray. And I'll go, oh, but I got to do <laughs> right. something. They'll say, yeah. just pray. You know? And so let's talk about this impact of, of our adult formation and prayer on our friends and our family and, and on the community at large. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and tell us what you mean when you say, when we say a Eucharistic life. <laughs> okay, well, that's another hour, Johnny, so I'll be okay, back I know, tomorrow. I, <laughs> I was just teaching a catechesis 101 class last night in Zachary. I was all over the diocese yesterday from Napoleonville all the way to Zachary. It was an amazing day. And um, the core centrality of the catechism is, of course, the person of Jesus Christ, right? It looks like a bunch of words, but really the centrality is Christ. But w- surrounding all of that is prayer. Like whenever we enter into anything that we are serving the Lord, the opportunity for for prayer is profound because the Holy Spirit accompanies us in everything that we do. And so guided by the Holy Spirit, we have that opportunity to learn and grow in our wisdom, but we also have a relationship with Jesus Christ, like a relationship, someone that you can go to. Like Dr. Terry said, you know, I think I recognize the Blessed Mother, and I guess it's okay to have a relationship with her. You're absolutely right. You know, and that's how I ended the class last night, was the Blessed Mother will guide you to her son. You know, so openness to prayer, opportunity to pray. And if you don't know how to pray, that's okay. Just up, Mm -hmm. sit down, make the sign of the cross, and say, Lord, I love you, and I know you're with me. And then be quiet. I'd be quiet. Or then opportunities of where we don't have the answer or we may not have an understanding of something, even if it's business, if it's just everyday living, it could be a catechetical question. But you always say, Lord, I don't know the answer to this. Can you guide me with this? And uh, I guarantee you, you're going to get way more than you ask for, way more than you ask for. So it's just such a blessing. And there's such a, a beautiful, humble confidence in that space. You know, that you can be comfortable with talking with other people about Jesus Christ. And that's grounded in the belief. Somebody asked me on Saturday, literally this past Saturday, 
do you believe everything that church teaches? Like, Leah, oh, that was wow. the question. Do you believe everything that, oh, wow. that church teaches? Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't a threat. It was just really kind of a funny Southern way of asking things. And I, I sat back. I've never been asked that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you that know, way. And so I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She goes, well, how do you know it's all true? I said, because the Lord Jesus is the truth. Is the all truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, the I've desired to come to know him <laughs> as he's desired me to want to know him. Right, and so he's mm. constantly pursuing us. So I was really kind of put on the spot, yeah. you know. Wow. I was right, preaching to right, the choir wow. to myself. It is <laughs> a beautiful know. moment to invite her into the love is. of Jesus Christ. What power there is in that passive position of prayer. Thank you, yeah. Dina, so much. Where can we learn learn more? Oh, just stop by diobr.org, and you'll find more about us, Sandra Evangelization and Catechesis, and everything else exciting happening at the diocese. Great. Thanks, Dina, so much. Next, Michael O'Lynn's going to join us to talk about Catholic Man Night coming up. He's one of our sponsors and underwriters. It's going to be a great event. Good morning. It's 12 minutes before the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and straight from Bush, Louisiana, our friend Johnny Abers with us on this Wednesday morning. I'm thrilled to have with me in studio in Baton Rouge our friend Michael Olind. He is the president of Olind Group. They are the presenting sponsor of Catholic Man Night this year. This is our sixth annual Catholic Man Night. And Michael has been an underwriter and a donor to Catholic Catholic Community Radio for over a decade, and I, we're so thrilled to have you with us, Michael. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Alicia. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's a pleasure. Well, we're so happy to have you with us. I wanted you to share with our listeners, uh, talk about why you listen to Catholic Radio and why you support it. Why do you think it's important? Uh, I've kind of, in the business community and also for my soul's sake, you know, I think that a lot of us, as Adding on to what Dana was talking about, you know, we are the calling of of, of spreading the word of God mm-hmm. and, and and being blessed with what we're, the resources that we have. And in my position, I think that we're all called for the fellowship, which is to get together, which is the Catholics' man's nights. Mm-hmm. That's where a great fellowship is. And then, more importantly, as the close of any mass, go and spread the word of God. Okay. And the best way to do it is through the media, which is social media, which is radio and television. And that's why Catholic radio has been so important to. to and my Catholic faith. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we're so grateful. You've been so generous to us over the years, and uh, and we're very grateful. You know, this radio station runs on listener uh, support, donor support, underwriters, and Michael has been a valued uh, member of that of that core team of supporters, and we're grateful. So, Catholic Man Night is a sixth annual Catholic Man Night. It is happening on November second at Chef John Fulce's White Oak Estate and Gardens in Baton Rouge. It's such a beautiful setting for this night. Uh, it is a gathering for men. Again, it's November 2nd. Michael, talk about why you think it's important to get together with other guys, Catholic guys. Uh- I think that it's, it's we're called for a fellowship. You know, it gives you the strength to get the energy, and what a great setting, White Oak Landing. If you hadn't been there, and and, and just serenity, the prayer garden, yeah. all of the above. Yes. You know, and then and you have Chef Falls who does such a great job with the food mm-hmm. to, to feed us, and then more importantly, Chris Decker. You know, and all the yes. priests, and just the environment is so great, and the guys there, and the calling. I think from what I, it's just a great synergy point of guys that want to do the same thing that you want to do and then more importantly to go out after and really 
continue that in the community. And and Catholic Radio, you know, you guys, the business guys out there need to be embracing Catholic Radio. And, and I've been blessed to be a part of it. And it's been rewarding threefold to me That's and my family. Right. That's awesome to hear. Thank you. You know, when we first came up with the idea of Catholic Man Night, uh, I was just seeing in that with my husband and just other other guy friends that we have and in our community that, you know, women sit down and they'll talk about their faith with each other over coffee. You talk about, you know, but, but men don't often have that opportunity. And that's one of the reasons why we came up with Catholic Man Night, a great opportunity for, for guys to gather uh, with other Catholic men. And you, you don't actually have to be a Catholic man to come. That's a good point that's that, right. we, should, that right. we should share. Uh, but again, that's on November 2nd at White Oak Estate and Gardens. It starts at 6 p.m. We do have a special pre-party, our Fraternity of the Leaf uh, group there. Those members will gather at 5 for a special little uh, sneak peek with our guest speaker, who is uh, Coach Paul Maneri, and with Chef Fulz himself. It will be uh, a great evening. You can find out more information about that on our website at ccradio.live. Uh, you can also go straight to the reservation page at catholicman.ccradio.live and find out more. Any closing thoughts for our listeners, Michael? No, I think to anybody who hadn't been, it's a great opportunity to go and, and enjoy the food, the fellowship, and then more importantly, Coach Maneri. He does such a great job yes. of, of and his faith and, and his, his testimony is fantastic. So I encourage everybody that hadn't been to at least reach out and maybe take the time to come to the event. It's fantastic. Right. Thank you so much, Michael. Michael O'Lind, he is the uh, president of the O'Lind Group, our presenting sponsor for Catholic Man Night, our sixth annual. We're so grateful. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you all. Have a good day. God bless. Thank you. God bless you, Michael. So again, November 2nd, come out and join us. Check it out at ccradio.live or catholicman.ccradio.live. Gabby, it's going to be a fun night. Yes, it is. And uh, I know that the food will be incredible and it's so widely attended. Get your reservations. They're going quick. So definitely check out our website, ccradio.live. Another thing that we're super excited about is our fall drive time, which we are less than one week away. Check out our social media and we will be posting the guest lineup. So yesterday we posted Tuesday's lineup of what you'll hear on drive time. So next Wednesday, uh, it will be day two of our drive time. We have guests every hour from 7 a.m. to noon. And here is your Wednesday lineup. So Father Tad is kicking us off at 7 a.m. So that's going to be a great hour. (laughs) We have the Knights of Columbus from 8 to 9. From 9 to 10 in the morning, we have Deacon Ricky and his son Christian Supreme, Deacon Ricky Supreme and Christian Supreme over from St. John of the Cross in Lacombe. They always have some great stories yeah. or father and son. Definitely want to tune into that hour. From 10 to 11, we have Scott Smith, a Catholic attorney, and he's also going to be talking about his consecration uh, to children and families, the St. Joseph consecration. We'll touch a little bit more about that. From 11 to noon, we have Dr. Tina Holland and Dr. David Whitten from Fran U over in Baton Rouge. So it's going to be a great time. Uh, Drive Time is our three-day on-air fundraiser. We rely heavily on your donations during this time so we can continue to keep Catholic Community Radio on the air, continue to bring it to your home uh, so you can listen to the Mass, Father John Ricardo, so many others, the Daily Rosary, the Chaplet. So uh, definitely stay tuned for Drive Time starting next Tuesday at 7 a.m. It's going to be a great time. 
That's Looking right. forward to All it. All right. It will be. Johnny's going to yeah. be here, right? One of those days, right, Johnny? I'll be here uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah. We'll All right. Live and in person yeah. in Baton Rouge. That's you should stop right. by and yes. see him. <laughs> yeah, come on by. Yeah, it'd be great to see you guys. Well, let's uh, let's yes. go out today with our our uh, da- daily collect prayer today, and uh, as that you will hear in mass. So let's say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh God, who in a wondrous manner revealed the inexhaustible riches of your mercy to Saint Maria Faustina. Grant, we beseech you, that by looking with trust upon the pierced side of your Son, we may be strengthened to show mercy to one another, and at length to sing forever of your mercy in heaven. We pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Erica Teague joins us to talk about the popular 2023 Be a Heart Liturgical Year Planner. Alicia, (laughs) we love to plan things. (laughs) (laughs) We'll definitely be tuning into this interview. Father Braxton Nikes joins us. He's Director of Vocations in the Diocese of Biloxi. He'll be talking about vocations in the area. David Dawson Jr. with the Archdiocese of New Orleans. He's a home at Thibodeau, excuse me, uh, Office of Pearsport. He'll be joining us to talk about marriage and family life. And real quick, I do want to say that we are live on our YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube and type in Catholic Community Radio and subscribe to us there. And if you click the little bell, then you will get notifications that we are live. So subscribe and click on the bell. So every time we go live or post a video, you will know that we are tuned in and you can watch us straight from there. Uh, So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Radio.